0: Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia is proudly supported and sponsored by Code Sydney. Code Sydney supporting nonprofits to develop online opportunities and online engagement programs, websites, and other spread areas that will allow you to push your message out to the people you need to get to. Code Sydney c-o-d-e dot sydney online check it out today happy new year leash it is talking time with lucas and alicia we are in a new year what year is it now is this 2025 2029 what are we how many years have we skipped <laughs>
1: i've lost track i've lost track hey happy new year
0: lucas mate what'd you get up to mate Was new what a new year's Eve look like
1: Oh, some nice, gentle
0: celebrations, <laughs> but Please. I did make it to uh, midnight this
1: time, so Please. doing well. How about yourself? <laughs> I've,
0: I've known you for a long time, and gentle celebrations <laughs> is not something that you do. Um, <laughs> mate, I've, got, so two little, I've got two little ones, mate. So for me, and this sounds really strange and, 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 and funny, but we've got the two little ones, and something I've been doing on New Year's Eve since I was about five, I used to do with my mum, was watch... The village people, you can't stop the music. And that is on <laughs> New Year's Eve every year and has been for God knows how long. So, mate, kids go to bed, wife goes to bed. I put the feet up on New Year's Eve, have a little sip and watch an old movie.
1: <laughs> I love it. Absolutely Tra- love it.
0: Hey, do you know what now, mate? We got we get some uh, some legends coming onto our show and we want to start the new year with one of the best. And we want to start the new year with someone that um I've got to know a little bit more over the last sort of probably six months or so and the words um, exceptional, the words authentic, the word um, caring and the things that come to mind and we'd like to introduce our guest today, Clariana Rodriguez. Clariana is the National Justice Coordinator for the Australian Red Cross and uh, she's away on holidays at the moment so if we get any little audio challenges, we'll just roll through but Clariana, how are you doing, mate?
2: Hi, guys. Thanks for the invitation. Thanks for having me here. And look, you're way too nice. <laughs> That's very kind <laughs> words there.
0: Mate, even, even though it I'm doesn't a- happen often, <laughs> so oh, it. I, should,
2: I should take him around with me everywhere It's do my introductions.
0: <laughs> I just come on stage and do it, then drop the mic and walk off. Hey, happy new year, mate. Happy new year. Hopefully, new year is, uh, is a good one for you guys as you uh, trek around the country.
2: Oh, I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Here's to to changes. Hey, hopefully a more opening borders for all of us.
0: That's it, mate. That's it. So we let's get us rolling. Let's get us started. So we, we don't ever profess one of our key openings in the start of every show is we don't profess to own or share the lived experiences of other people because it's not our stories to tell. But we want to know about the Clariana story. What got you doing what you're doing? How the hell did you end up being National Justice Coordinator? What got you there and why do you do what you do?
2: such great question. so i'm clariana like you said i moved from brazil i'm actually brazilian i moved from Ooh. brazil when i was 11 years old with my family here what in part of australia
0: what part of brazil
2: we're, we're from countryside sao paulo so i'll say the name of the town but i doubt anyone will know boituva which is countryside sao paulo <laughs> Um, So yeah, we came, we've been here for a a long time now, Um, came when I was 11 with my family, my siblings, and part of my family has always been humanitarian assistance, my parents are just, I grew up going in Brazil there's orphanages and kids home things that we don't see as much here in Australia. but in Brazil, I grew up going to spend Christmas, um, w- the day before Christmas with them and taking things and going to Macas was our favorite um, thing to hey. do. So I grew up with a, a little part of me that was always um, aligned with humanitarian assistance and, and doing those sort of things. So when I got started in my career I actually um, what made me decide to do what I do is I went to Brazil after I finished school and in, in a gap year it wasn't a whole year it was half half a year and I volunteered at a NGO that took in children that couldn't go to normal um almost school based on they were just hectic <laughs> hectic children but lots and lots of fun um, and I volunteered there for for four months and Yeah, loved it. And then came back and decided to do public health, um, majoring in governance, policy and management. And now I'm doing a master's in development studies and started working. I started volunteering, actually, with Salvation Army a long time ago in a homeless uh, shelter and with children. I've always loved children. Um, And then became amnesty group president for the university that i was in in canberra university of canberra and then joined red cross and had multiple roles at red cross many roles um that's why i love red cross there's so much variety you can do a bit of everything so i've really done a bit of everything and in the last year I had the pleasure of joining the national justice team so yeah does that wow. answer it
0: mate it answers it and it tells us the type <laughs> oh, of person is. you are mate it just wow. paints that it paints that big heart you got and it's uh it puts it out on the table hey Interesting thing I didn't know, and you just mentioned it for the first time. I've heard you say that is working with working with young people that have been removed or unable to go to school. And I'm not sure whether you actually know that or not, but that's actually what Alicia and I do. Is we work oh. at, at care schools, so we work at a care school that deals with the kids that have been removed from mainstream school, and we work with them on alternative education opportunities to attempt to get them back into schools again. So. Yes. Left field question, what what do okay. you see in the work that you're doing, what do you see the import how do you see the importance of education, what do you see the importance of education for these kids or people that experience the criminal justice system and what are your thoughts on education in that space.
2: Such a left field question, but I love it. Um, actually, as you hear through the podcast, my work doesn't really um, focus a lot on education, particularly the projects I work on. But to me, education is key. I think it opens the eyes of people. And in education, I don't mean necessarily sitting in a classroom but like yeah. life education you know you travel you travel when you see different cultures and you see different the way different people live, and you understand how people act the way they act and why they act the way they act like life education as much as academic education I think is just it's just key for us understanding each other a little bit better and we if we in my in my personal opinion if we understand each other a little bit better so much so many things would be easier um so yeah to me yeah, I think it's, it's the key to a lot of other things. Love it.
0: Love Absolutely. it. Sorry for the left field one, mate. Sorry for the left <laughs> field. You just, you just mentioned the kids no. and, and we're passionate about kids and this is why we do it because we see, and we have this discussion all the time. We see the kids that, and I do, especially, I see the kids that we work with and I see their future selves in 10 years as being some mm. of the guys that I shared units with or cells with when I served my period of incarceration and it scares the hell out of mm. me. And and that's why we do what we do. So um now, Alicia's coming oh, at you, mate. She's coming at you off the no. long run. She she gets <laughs> she gets scary when she gets a bit between her teeth and comes at you. So Hang on knows. a
1: minute! Hang on a minute! You say this, and straight up, you hit Clariana with the hardest puts, question, it, question it, ever. It hey, puts so pressure on you,
0: Leash. Don't ask a shit question. Is what I'm a septon. i to you now. Look, no
1: guarantee. Oh God! I, I think we'll start start off with something nice and easy. Um, so. Maybe you can tell us what the role of the Red Cross is and similar organisations, you know, what role do they have in supporting incarcerated or previous, previously incarcerated individuals and or their families?
2: I think NGOs are, I was. I want to say key again, but I don't want it to become the word that I just use all the time. <laughs> um, but I think it, it's all, when I'm going to use a, an example of when I was growing up, my parents used to say that um the child growing up was about a kind of partnership between the school, the parents um, and the child themselves. And I kind of think of the partnership in people succeeding about everything. And what are the different players and NGO, I think has a big part of it. We need the government, we need NGOs, we need education. Um, So I, yeah, there's so much we do. Um, It's hard to pin down, which is, which is, um, Good and bad, I guess. So we specifically have programs across the whole country, actually. So we have justice teams around the entire country and they all do slightly different things. And that's partially because all the states are so different and you guys i'm preaching to the preach the converted all the states are really really different and face really different challenges so it's hard to have a really strict, um really kind of national approach to making sure everything is the same and standardized it wouldn't happen um, but a lot of what we do we have some in um in prison programs they're called cbhfa which stands for community-based first health it's Community-Based Health First Aid. Community-Based first Health First Aid. Sorry, it's a mouthful. And that's a program that we actually have taken from the Irish Red Cross. So it's an international program that happens around the globe, really, in a few countries where Red Cross takes it on. And we work with community development principles. So it's one of our flagship programs. And within prisons, we get um, people who want to become Red Cross volunteers. um, And then they go through these different modules, and they choose the issues which are relevant to them, um, and that they want to work on. And Red Cross kind of becomes that um, halfway person between um, the people who are incarcerated and the the offices in the prison and together they achieve some incredible things so there's the there's a there's one in Townsville who is oh they're amazing they achieved some amazing things during covid around um health information but also really practical things so that's one of my favorites but there are so many and it's hard to choose there's a lot yeah. about employment a lot about education each state is so different but yes I'll, I'll leave it at cbhfa as my as my favorite i don't want to take over <laughs>
0: Hey, um, you, and I know, I know you're a passionate advocate for for lived experience, and you've mentioned it before about the importance of learning from others and making sure we understand a little bit about each other. Now, um, I was luckily, I was. Um, Excited to be involved in, in, in some panels that you have organized previously, some lived experience panels, gaining some information regarding employment. Can you give us a little bit of information? You might not be able to go through the results. I get that because it's you're still working through that. But what are some of the things and why, why do that? Why, why go out and get people to come and talk about employment? What's that project about? What does it look like? And what do you think is going to come out of it at the end?
2: Okay, great question. I might start with explaining what the project is, because otherwise Perfect. my answer won't make sense, <laughs> and Perfect. then I'll, I'll move on to the other questions. So about a year ago, actually, when I started in this row, I took on the Employment Project, which is what we're calling it. I'm looking for a new name, because I think the Employment Project, but that's what it is now. It's called the Employment Project. Very easy to know what it's about. Um, and we joined with this, we have this team at Red Cross called Social Designers, and they kind of take social problems and look at it through a systemic structural lens, using a human-centered design approach Um, so i joined forces with them last year and went through about eight months where we looked at what um what can we do in a systemic way to look at how can we support employment of people with lived experience and and that was an eight-month project and it was very explorational it was around what's currently happening what are the gaps and what could we potentially do Um, and through that project which was um late last year and early this year, we did a whole bunch of, so, you know, the usual desktop research, interviews with people who lived experience, interview with justice experts around the country, interview with uh, employers, lots of employers, workshops with employers, and what we kind of found was that, not kind of, what we found um, was that Although there's never a lot, and there could definitely be more, there are there is some support around the country for people with lived experience looking for employment. So you can go, Red Cross has programs, Street has programs for to work, a whole bunch of NGOs who, who have programs to support people with lived experience. What we didn't find was support for the employers, and by mm-hmm. support, I mean really something to show them that it's not that hard um it's it's not this crazy thing they can do it they can definitely do it um and we we focus a lot um and and rightly so in the individual pro, in the individual and in the national we were able to kind of take a uh, take a a bird's eye view, a systemic lens and go, okay, we have all these incredible programs all around the country looking at the individual. Nationally, what can we add and what can we bring that's different? And we saw that the employers was an area that we really needed to, to do some work on because we had all these people who were, look, not going to lie, there were people who were against it and we're going, no, we're not going to recruit people who lived experience with the justice system. Okay. Yeah. But we had this group in the middle that was kind of like, mm, you know, I would do it. I'm open to it. I just don't know how to start. I just don't know, and, and that scared and that perceived risk or perceived unknownness, uh, perceived difficulty meant that they would then go to the other way. But actually, when you talk to them, they were open to it. They just kind of needed someone to hold their hand, if that makes sense. Um, and to show them that it's not, it's, it's easy. It's, it's relatively simple. Um, and if you are supported and structured, you can do this. So phase one of the project which took eight months uh we came out and said okay we're going to look at supporting employers to recruit retain um and manage people with lived experience and we're going to show them that they can do this um but we don't want to create another um program where we go employer by employer how do we do this in a systemic lens where it could be used used and utilized and taken by any employer wherever they are um, so then we moved on to the second phase, but I'll pause there because that's a lot. Before I move on to the same phase and where we are now, do you guys have any questions? Or I might
1: jump in on that one. Hey, do you have any advice? If we have any employees listening right now, what advice would you have for them if they're sitting there, sitting on the fence, wondering um, whether they, you know, should consider? Um, employing um, somebody who has been previously incarcerated what advice would you have for them and um, you know what what direction would you give them where do they
2: start I would my main advice would be do it do it do it do it Um, this is not even about I went to this UK conference about employment and then UK Really, um, to me is doing an incredible job around employment of people with lived experience of the justice system. And the whole conference was talking about um, don't hire people with lived experience of the justice system because, you know, you got to do good and you want to do good. Hire them because you need them, because they're incredible, because you have a labour shortage, because they That's have it. skills. Um, and there was, a, there was a, my favorite quote, and I can't remember who said it, but my favorite quote of the, the, the whole conference was, um, talent is shared evenly across society, opportunities aren't. And I think that's, that's what we need to get across, is that there's so much talent, and we're here saying that we have labor shortages. So let's, let's, let's open our pool. Let, let's see what we can do. Absolutely. And in terms of where to start, um, the next phase of the project will definitely tackle that. And that's what we're creating. So hopefully in six months, there'll be a really clear place to go. But until then, find an organization. If you feel like you can't do this alone, there are so many different organizations, from NGOs to actual employment agencies that are getting people employment. So if you feel like you need some support and you don't want to do it alone for the first time, that's cool too. I I get that. look around look around where you are there are many places that can support you um and hopefully in in six months i'll tell you when i talk about the phase two of the project you have a place you can go and find all the support
0: you better be coming back and tell us you better be coming back (laughs) to tell us about that story
2: yeah well so so phase two of the project which is what we're into now transition I know <laughs> we moved, we moved to phase That's two. Smooth.
0: Um, How smooth was that? <laughs> and this wasn't even planned. Wow. Far away planned.
2: Not planned, I must admit. Um, it's just because it's so comfortable talking to you guys. You make it's so easy. Um, phase two. So so out of phase one, we found out okay, we need to support employers, what are we gonna do? And then we the first thing we decided was we, we can't do this alone. Like this is big, we want to do big change, we don't want to just do it ourselves. And to me, the future of humanitarian assistance is collaboration. We are our biggest enemies by not talking to each other. Um, so we are collaborating with eight organizations across yeah. the globe of different sectors, which is my favorite part of it all. Um, and we're working together to build this resource. So I have the absolute pleasure, very humble, um, to because there are amazing people in this project, um, to be leading the project. But only it's only only possible because of the incredible minds and organizations that are part of it so we have um, three organizations from justice three from corporate and three technical and technical are just people who i think have special specialized skills let's say um so from justice we have in Victoria Street, if you hadn't heard of them, they're an amazing social enterprise, look them up. Fruit to Work, which is almost, I think oh, yes. almost hundred percent lived experience. Absolutely love them. Um In Victoria as well. So we have Street in Victoria, Fruit to Work in Victoria, and then Work Restart in Queensland. It's a really cool organization as well. Um Looking at, so they have opportunities of employment within prison and then they connect them outside of prison. But the cool thing about them is that the employment opportunities that they provide within prison is not the usual stuff. Um, Um, It's it's digital um, and I'm like not a technological person, so I won't dare (laughs) to say what it actually is. But look, look at them up. It's awesome. (laughs) And then from corporate, we have vicinity centers who are centers all around Australia. They actually have a huge footprint. yeah, so the centres on around center, Australia who have like retailers inside a bit like you would think Westfield. And then we have uh, volunteers through the Origin Energy Foundation. We had the amazing Toll, who has an incredible second chance organisation, second chance programme. Um, they had to step out from the core working group due to capacity and, and time, but still staying connected. So I'm very excited because Roof, who's our contact is amazing. And then, so instead of Toll, Toll um, has tapped out, um, still, still staying connected, just stepped out from the core working group. We have a new group joining us, which I'm not sure if I can share their name yet, but they're a global tech company who are interest, um, have interest in being a second chance organization, but also are really growing now during COVID as as with all tech companies so very excited Um, and then from the technical focus we have an academic from Western Sydney University who has criminology background we have JobWatch, who's a legal organization in Victoria and we have our own very own Red Cross our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander recruitment and retention lead who has an amazing uh, research background on recruitment and retention so we got this group basically they're amazing I just yeah I love talking to them because they're all just Really smart people, you know. When you get smart people in the room, and just amazing things come out. That's that's them. Um, and yeah, so we come together every month, and we're pretty much working together on building a resource hub, which is t- just a website. Um, but resource hub sounds way cooler. Um, a resource <laughs> hub for employers who wanna recruit people with lived experience of the justice system. So there'll be a whole bunch of actual resources on these are the sort of things you need to think about. Um, But there will also be, these are the organizations that have already done it. If you wanna call them and see how it went, connect with them. And then there will also be a platform for connection on maybe uh, workshops or forums or things that they can attend. Um, and finally, a list of organizations in their area that they can connect to Wonderful. help and do this with them. So, yeah, very excited. Maybe six months um, and we'll have something launching, which I can't wait for.
0: Love it. Love it. Hey, she's coming, <laughs> at, she's coming at you again, Clariana. Ready? She's coming at you again. I'll go for it. The, go I for I it. I'm ready.
1: Settle down. Your passion is just um, contagious. Absolutely love it. So I expect to... Um, you know, see you back on the show in six months time and tell us a little bit more about that. Um, so that's definitely exciting. Hey, do you have any advice for previously incarcerated individuals that are currently seeking employment? Do you have any advice for them? You know, what should they be doing?
2: Yeah, I think, I think I my I wouldn't say advice because They are so talented and, I mean, who am I to give them advice? (laughs) Um, But the thing I'd have to say from talking to a lot of employers is that there are a lot of people out there who who are not opposed to the idea of recruiting people with lived experience of the justice system. There are a lot of people out there who want to do it. They don't know how to. Um, And there's no resources. Like, I get it. You know, if you have never worked with this area, if you've never research this area if you just have a good high and you're saying yes I'll do it you're just probably nervous um so I would say there are a lot of people out there that that want to do it um and the other thing I would say is connect with some of those organizations that support employment um there are quite a few um and I I could I could name a few but really it would just depend where you're located and what sort of employment you're looking for so I won't I won't um go into it but connect with them because they have corporate partners and they can talk the corporate language and kind of build that bridge until one day we're ready. And we don't need these organizations anymore. One day, employees are going to be so awesome. And so, so in love with this idea that we won't need us, uh, but until then connect with them because they, they are a good resource and a good connection to have.
1: That's some brilliant advice. Hey, right, Because it is our new year's um, yeah. Special. Do you believe in New Year resolutions, or do you think reinventing oneself for that personal growth and development is something that's you know every day and you know should be an ongoing focus? Watch wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs>
2: Whoa! This is hard I to leave that one till last. <laughs> wow! You're just going straight to my straight to my um. I I think a bit of both. Like I love the fact that someone created a calendar, and that every month kind of runs out and you start a new month and then after 12 of those you start a whole brand new year because I think and you get a break in the middle like how amazing and it just it just to me it refreshes my energy and allows me to get back to what's important in life and personally for me it's it's my family um and the things I love doing and someone once told me never forget to feed the soul so I yes. see the end of the year as a time off for me to feed my soul and feed my passion for what I love doing. But I think it doesn't work right if you don't keep it going throughout the year. So I, my did I just totally like smooth out of that one? But I think it's both. I think you need <laughs> yeah. both. I need the new year because I need to refresh and re, regain my the energy. Reset, yeah. The reset, yes. But I never make new year promises that are that are like something that i haven't been working on it kind of just builds on what i've already been working on because otherwise i won't do it i'm the worst for that sort of stuff <laughs> hey
0: Claire, and i'm going to take something that you said before and you, you mentioned about advice to to employers for people that have been previously incarcerated and i'm one of those guys that has been previously incarcerated i'm one of those guys that's had some as we know because we've talked about it some challenges in regards to um mm. yeah face facing employment in some way shape or form and there's three things I want to say to an to, a, to an employer that may be listening, is you are going to you are going to pick up if you if you have a legitimate labour shortage, not because you're doing it because you're a good person, legitimately because you need someone to be employed. Three things you're going to get by hiring a previous incarcerated person. The first is that they're going to work a truckload harder than your current previous okay. guys are because they know that the opportunity you're giving them is one out of a hundred where other people can say, you know what. Stuff it, I'm just going to apply for a different job and they're going to walk in the door and get it. The guys that have got these challenges don't and they have to take it and run with it and take it seriously. The second thing, you will often get them cheaper than what you have normally would have to pay them in a mainstream. Because what you're doing is they're going to take positions and bring additional skills to the table that they may not be able to get in a management position or back in a leadership position because they have been previously incarcerated previously. So you are all of a sudden getting someone that may have been a long-term management person that's working in middle management or lower and just think of the extra skills they're bringing with them because and you're getting them cheaper. Mm-hmm. And then the third yeah. one is loyalty because if they know that if you're putting, and excuse me for using a terrible term, but if, if, if they're going balls out to get you and they are being mm-hmm. loyal to you, regardless of what you've done, you will get the loyalty back. And, and mm-hmm. that's something that, that, that I can 100% advocate from the guys I work with So it's there. Think about those advantages, and if I'm a manager sitting there, I'm a business owner sitting there listening to those words. If I can get someone that's going to be loyal, someone that's going to be cheaper than what I'd be paying a normal, and someone that's going to work harder than the other staff, Jesus, I'd be doing it tomorrow. Um, You know, so so just one hundred percent. So just consider, just consider that for the sake of the exercise now. Lucas um, and
1: I have have worked across two organisations now and I can definitely vouch for that. You know, I've seen mm -hmm. it in Lucas's work ethic across, you know, multiple positions and and those two organisations, you know, compared to some of the other colleagues who are still putting in, you know, that effort and that loyalty, Lucas goes above and beyond, um, you Mm -hmm. know, so I can definitely vouch for it's
0: not that i wasn't talking about me i was talking about in general but that's okay
1: Absolutely. <laughs> okay, plug, plug. <laughs> hey, but a little bit of credit you know there for you and 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 yeah. that's what i've seen you know i'm sitting back looking at that and you've got employers who are sitting on the fence going oh well i'm not too sure about that you know so so that's
2: my experience and what i've seen um there and yeah and, and the research proves that, like the research backs it. So we, we're taking our time to create this resource because we're doing a lot of
0: research mm.
2: and it backs it. Like it's it's not just our feeling, it's it's backed and it's what happens. We just need to get people to understand that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Clarina, we could talk forever about this, mate, but we've got to let you get back to your holidays. Happy New Year to you. And I'm going to hope I don't butcher this. So let me try this. Okay. <laughs> Obrigado. <laughs>
2: Ah, you killed it. <laughs> no, do I do all right? Another. Yes, Another,
0: you did hey. Very
2: well. Very well. Did you just Google that while we were talking? Because did I tell you I was Brazilian before now?
0: Clariana, come on. The name Rodriguez is only gonna be a couple oh, of different opportunities yeah. with this. And and I love the accent. I loved I've been to Brazil a few times and love Brazil and the accent it sticks in my ears. And then I heard, it. I was like, I remembered. i got to remember what it was. I had to remember what it was. I had to look back in a thing and found it. And I was like, all right, obrigado. And we're good. And we're okay. I just have to make sure I didn't Amazing. screw
2: it up. No, you didn't. It was good. And you said it in Portuguese and not Spanish. I guess so many people say it in Spanish. So tick, tick, <laughs> tick, tick,
0: tick. Hey, um, honestly, Clariana, thank you so much for coming on board. Now, Alicia, um, before we say goodbye to Clariana properly is um, we've got some socials. If people want to get in touch with us They want to find out more about what Anna, and the Red Cross are doing. Can you let, you're good at this and I'm no good at this. Can you let people know what our socials are and all that sort of stuff? (laughs) Because I'm old, you know that.
1: Oh, yes, you are. Hey, you can reach us <laughs> on our socials, um, Facebook or Messenger. And that one is Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia. We are on LinkedIn, our personal accounts, Lucas Carey or Alicia Hem. We are on Twitter, and that one is at time underscore Lucas. And we do have our one stop shop, and that's our website, www.talkingtimepodcast.com.au. Clariana, thank you so much again for joining the show. It's been an absolute pleasure.
2: Thanks guys. I really appreciate the opportunity and it's been a lovely 30 minutes talking to both of you.
0: Enjoy the rest of your holidays, mate. And, uh, and happy new year for everyone that's listening at home. Happy new year to all you guys. And we'll see you all next Sunday, Sunday evening.